Just a quick reminder, Rod Cleef's Boot Camp is coming here in Denver on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. I'll be on stage sharing nuggets of wisdom. To find out a little bit more information about the event and to get my special discount code, just hop into the show notes and you'll get that information. I'll see you on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, the win-win maker, and I am here today with Terrence Doyle. And what we're really talking about is a little bit of the opportunity zones that's happening in 2019. His company is the Value Add Real Estate Company. He's done over 700 flips over the last 10 or 11 years, and he owns more than 300 apartments that he's purchased just within the last two or three years. And what we're, another couple of cool things about Terrence, just before we really get started, is uh, when he was fairly young, he had a franchise and he made and sold 150 franchises to other people. So kind of cool. We don't always have that on the podcast. Since 2014, he's been full-time real estate. Um, His goal this year is to pick up another 150 units. He works in Denver and Des Moines, Iowa. Denver, Colorado and Des Moines, Iowa. And again, we're talking about 1031s, Opportunity Zone uh, funds, and a bunch of other stuff. So we've got some interesting knowledge that we'll be pulling out of your head today. Uh, tell us, what did, what did I miss about your, what, about your background that is relevant to what we're talking about today? I think you pretty much uh, summed it up. I, you know, I was an entrepreneur out of college and uh, stumbled upon real estate. And I've uh, made it my full-time job since 2014, and I uh, really enjoy it, and, and that's uh, kind of the punchline. Perfect. So let's hit them with the punch right out the gate. There's a couple of things that stand out about Opportunity Zones, if you could share those with us right now. Yeah. So uh, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I w- did not, you know, if you rewind uh, a year ago, January 2018, we were, we were doing flips and we were doing multifamily in those two markets that you mentioned. I knew nothing about uh, the, the uh, tax reform that had just been passed that had to do with, that was now called Opportunity Zone. Uh, it's actually called 1400Z-2. That's the official name of it. Uh, we just call it Ozone, uh, the Ozone. Um, and a friend, John Simmons, who used to work for Morgan Stanley, he was in the institutional division for Morgan Stanley. Uh, he's a friend and a mentor in Denver. He approached me and said, hey, I know some wealthy families and uh, so some family offices that have large capital gains every year, and they're going to want to invest it in the ozone. You should be an operator. And so we started looking at this in February of 2018. And then, it, you know, we thought we knew what we were doing. And then, and then the Department of Treasury and the IRS released some updated opinions in, 2000, in September of 2018. So we've been, you know, we're still learning. Uh, we, do have, um, we do have a property that we currently own in the Opportunity Zone and uh, a house that we've rented. And then we have two lots next to it. It's, uh, it's off I-70 in Denver and Swansea. And they're going to be uh, modular built duplexes. And those will be actually in the ground and rented by July. So, um, you know, I say all that to say the highlights are, Adam, that 
it's the first time that I'm aware of in the history of our government that you can sell a stock or a business that is not related to real estate and invest those proceeds into real estate and, and get uh, some very preferential tax treatments. So that's one of the things that I think is very interesting uh, probably to the audience that is mostly real estate investors is that it's one of the first times that you can actually have stocks, sell them, take the gains, invest it in real estate. There's been no other way to do that with these tax treatments. Uh, the other interesting uh, part of the Opportunity Zone uh, tax treatments is that you can, you can take a discount on your capital gain. And what that basically means is if I sell a business and I have to pay capital gains, normally it's 22.8% of the gain. So let's say I Say I sell a stock and I make 100000 I owe the government roughly $23,000 now. And if I hold it for five years, if I invest it in the Opportunity Zone, I hold that asset for five years, I get a 10% discount. So basically, I owe about $21,000 now. And if I hold it for seven years, I get a 15% discount. And if I hold it for 10 years, so I still have to pay that capital gain. But if I hold that asset for 10 years, I now don't have to pay any capital gains on a new basis. So you know, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. We can kind of digest that. But I think those are kind of the overview and what makes this a really attractive investment. Perfect. I do have a question and hopefully a lot of the listeners caught this as well. You said you don't have to pay any capital gain and then you specified on the basis. So first off, can you tell me what basis means? Yeah. And secondly, um, is there taxes that need to be paid on some other place? Yes. Great question. Okay. So the basis just means if I buy the property for a million dollars, that's my basis. So in 10 years, if the property is worth $2 million, now my basis is $2 million. I don't, and I sell it and I make a million, I don't pay any capital gains on that new million that I created. So this okay. is the first time in the history that you can do that. You, you know, the IRS is basically saying, you're, and you hold an asset for 10 years in these areas around the country, and we will raise the basis to the value of that property in year 10. So that's a massive, you know, think about that with all the multifamily deals you look at and raising that basis to what it'll be worth in 10 years. I mean, you're talking massive savings on that. And what was the other? So we talked about defined basis and then. Yeah. And then is there tax that needs to be paid yeah. on some other amount? So December 31st, 2026, all the capital gains are due. So if I, so I sell Facebook stock, I make hundred grand, I owe 23,000. I'm still going to owe that money December 31st, 2026, just at the discounted rate. So if I, so if I have it for seven years, I'll owe the 23,000 minus the 15%. So everybody's going to have to pay capital gains December 31st, 2026 on what you sell between now and then. I want to go into this and use an example that I make up. Okay. And you try to help me understand how much I might pay. Okay. I'm not, just to preface this, I'm not an accountant, so I'll do my okay. best. Right. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, we're not law attorneys, we're not accountants, right. we're not CPAs, consult your own advisors. Yes. Uh, anything found on this show should be considered entertainment purposes right. or it's educational true. purposes and not necessarily uh, with your uh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So right. I bought something years ago for 100K. Yeah, right. Years and years and years ago, I bought something for 100000 Right. And it's now worth, as we speak, uh, and this is theoretical, 
uh, one million. One million. So I've already gained nine hundred k. Right in value. Yes, and yep. I have I have an opportunity to join an Oz fund, mm-hmm. and the strategy is to buy land and to the and then improve it with at least a hundred percent of whatever went in. So the first question is. The first question is, do I buy that raw land for 500K and then I put in another 500K so that I can get my million or do I need to buy it for a million and then put another million? That's the first question. That's a really good question. Um, So one of the things that makes this more attractive than a 1031, in a 1031, you actually would have to invest the full million, all the proceeds from what I understand, a 1031. You have to invest the full proceeds into the new asset with with the with the opportunity zone fund on uh, the tax treatments there you only have to invest the gain so so that's one big that's a big difference right now so like your gain would be uh so your mm-hmm. gain would be 900,000 to be 22.8% of that so let's just say it's around $180,000 is your gain so you would put so what you would do is you create an opportunity zone fund just a, it's a, the actual the technical term is it's the form 8996 on your federal income tax return. So you create, uh, you create an LLC that would be for your opportunity zones. You, you put your capital gain within 180 days of the taxable event, right? So you sell it in July, you have 180 days to put the money into that bank account, which is called, the fund is just a bank account, okay? And then from there, you have 180 days from the time you put the money in the bank account to then deploy it. And you can use that money to purchase and you can also use it to rehab. Now, a couple of things to clarify. And this is all things that we've learned over the last three or four months that the IRS has kind of clarified that, have, that they've made it, the, the picture much clearer is that let's say, let's say we buy a bill. Let's say we buy a house like we have, you buy a house for a hundred, you're actually able to subtract the cost of the land. So let's say the land is 20,000. So now I have $80,000 in a basis of the home and I have to put that $80,000 into redevelop the home in the next 30 months. And then, and then, that property gets the full tax treatment for the opportunity zone fund. Does that make sense? So it's, Um, yeah, it's for me personally, it's bouncing around a tiny bit and hard for me to keep track of. Okay. So, uh, maybe a couple of listeners are are with me, but not sure. (laughs) So, so I bought something for a hundred K right. Long time ago. Long time ago. It's now worth a million. Right. And I want to do the opportunity zone. Right. What happens now? So you would sell the property. Okay. You would, you would, you know, I'm guessing there's no debt because you paid down the hundred thousand dollars. So you're going to receive a, you're going to receive a million dollars minus closing costs. And your capital gain is going to be somewhere around $200,000. Let's just for rough numbers. So when you say the capital gain is the real amount that I've gained is my basis has changed a lot, but the gain is what, why is the gain not 900 K? So this is a good CPA question. So when you sell something, uh, you have federal and state taxes. Okay. And local and all, all kinds of different things. So okay. the federal government on a long-term investment takes 22.8% of the pro of the, of what is considered the upside or the income on it. Right. So you have, 
you have what you bought it for, you have the improvements, right? So that, that would be your basis. And then you have the upside in it, the difference between that and the million. Okay. So, so it's the 900K yeah. multiplied by just 22.8% of 900K, which that's is around 200 Long-term capital gains. That's what they, that's the tax you'd have to pay. For so, so I guess what you're saying is I don't have to put 900K or a million uh, what I should pay put into the Oz is, fund is more likely going to be around 200K of what I did, right? Is exactly. It, it's it's going to okay. be roughly 23% of okay. the, that's what the government takes for capital gain. That's if they were okay. going to pay taxes, they'd have to pay 230,000. Okay. So instead of paying the government, yes, I instead put that same amount that I would have paid to the government exactly into an Oz uh, fund. Yes. Which is approximately 200K in our example. Yes. And my question would be with that 200K that I need to deploy within 180 days, uh, may I put 100 of it down and then, uh, and then increase the value of the land by 100, like by doing some capital, uh, doing some improvements? Or does the 200K need to be the amount that, that purchases it. So you can do anything you want with that money okay. in the ozone. You can use it to purchase okay. it or to rehab the property and debt does count. So you can, if you want to buy a property, so you can use a bank to finance it and your funds still count. Makes sense. In the, in the, so it doesn't have to be all cash. I think to get, so what we're doing to get the best returns for our investors is we are over equitizing it. Right. So normally you want to raise as little equity as possible. So you get the best return in the ozone. You want to raise as much equity as possible. And then you can pay for the land and the improvements cash and any construction. And then you can get it and then you can refinance all the money out and return it to the investors and they still get the tax treatment. So that's awesome. So that is that's what we've found as as kind of the the best way to maximize the value of the opportunity zone is you want to over equitize the land and the construction, put it all in as cash if you can. And then you do a refinance once everything is completed and it's rented or whatever it's stable, the, the asset is stabilized. And then you can return the, the funds to the investor. They get to now go use those and invest in something else and they still get the tax treatment. Okay. I think for the first time ever, I am following what happens with Oz opportunity zones. So <laughs> it's a while to get there. I'm glad we finally, yeah, and I've actually I've actually heard about it, thought about it, even read about it, and um, and you've clarified a lot for me, and I think that the listener is is with us as well. So 100k, then now it's a million. That's 900k that it changed, but what we're really putting into it is the 200k, which was the 22.8 percent, and that you said oh, you like to go over equitized. You can do it yourself or you can put it with somebody like Terrence Doyle's company, which uh, is the value add real estate company. And um, then what would happen is because you're just talking about the, the taxes you would have had to pay, mm -hmm. not the whole actual right. gain, but the taxes that you would have had to pay. And now what you're saying is after five years, instead of paying all of that 200K, you will get like, I think you said a 10% discount. Yes. And then five years. Yep. And then at seven years, it was a 15% discount. So that would take like 300, 330K off. So now I would only have to pay 170. But 
if I'm able to keep that money in play for the entire 10 years, the whole 200K will not be, I won't have to pay any taxes anymore. Is that accurate? That's not accurate. And I probably did a poor job explaining. So on, in no, December, I was assuming. Yeah. December 31st, 2026, you have to pay the capital gain on that, on that transaction. So if I sell something in 2022 and I put it in the ozone, I'm going to have to pay the taxes December 31st, 2026. So everybody has a shot clock that we have a seven year you know, running shot clock that everyone's going to have to pay it that year. So the IRS is going to get all these gains come due December 31st, 2026. What happens though is, like you said, if we hold it for seven years, that 200,000 now becomes we owe 170. Okay. So we owe 170, but the 10 year, what you discussed, so does that clear right there? So we're, yes. everyone's gonna have to pay taxes. It's gonna be, Very clear. it just depends on how long you've held the asset and what year you buy it. So there mm -hmm. is an advantage, obviously, if you do the math, that the sooner you get your money deployed in 2019, you're gonna get to defer the taxes that, that 200,000 for seven years and thus get the extra 5% discount versus buying in 2020 or 21, you'd only get the five years and you get a 10% discount. That makes full sense. So I put the 200 ish thousand and yes. now I have to pay 170 ish thousand right. on that date, December 31st of 26. Right. However, the basis for whatever I bought becomes, it steps up in year, so in year 10. So my next question is the additional taxes for the basis changing or, or later um, gains, the additional taxes, I guess how, how to say this question best for me to clarify is, the basis goes to 2 million or whatever it goes to at the 10th year. Right. And I don't have to pay taxes on anything else that I, besides the 170 that I already did. Right. Now my question is, let's say because it's in an opportunity zone, my, I actually, that 2 million becomes 4 million over the next 10 years. Uh, do you know if I'll have to pay uh, the gains from the 2 million to the 4 million? So from the best of my understanding and right, we're in year one of this is you hold that asset for 10 years and you do not have to pay capital gains on that anytime you sell it after the 10 years. So even if you held it cool. for 30 years, now obviously a lot can change in our government over the next 30 years and they could amend this. But as it reads today from this, from everyone that I've spoken with, that is a CPA that you, do, you, you will not have to pay taxes on the new basis no matter when you sell it. Awesome. Tons of value so far. Tons right. of value. Are there any other details of the Opportunity Zone that you'd like to clarify before we move to the next thing? So a couple of cool things is that it started out, uh, like when we were researching it in April of 2018, there was only 18 states that had approved Opportunity Zone tracks, 18 in April, March, April, 2018. As of today, all 50 states have opportunity zone tracks and even five US territories. So what that means is the government is very aggressively trying to incentivize redevelopment in these areas. And they're all, in, they're supposed to be in low income areas. So the way, the way it worked was governors got to submit areas as a proposal and then the federal government approved them. 
And so the federal government has approved land tracts in all 50 states. So what that tells me is that the government is very bullish on this. They're aggressively trying to incentivize um, everybody, not just like big developers. I mean, anybody across the country, you know, uh, to, to do this, to, to get involved. And it not only applies to real estate, you can actually put a business in the opportunity zone. So I'm a real estate investor, you're a real estate investor. A lot of your listeners have other businesses as well from the other podcasts I've heard. So what's interesting is you could put a business, the headquarters in an opportunity zone, invest dollars into that business, and those would get similar tax treatments. Those would get the same tax treatments as long as 90% of that business is done in the opportunity zone. So the government's trying to redevelop these areas and also create jobs. So that's something that not as many people are talking about is putting businesses in there. Uh, Amazon actually recently, I think in November of 2018, they spun off a division and put the headquarters in an opportunity zone in New York because then they can sell that business after 10 years and then they're so the same thing. So I think that's an interesting uh, point for people to you know under, understand and digest. Another cool thing, if anyone saw uh, the, the, the movie on Facebook, then I think it was the social network. Um, the gentleman that started Napster, his name is Sean Parker. So he was one of the early founders and gave this idea to Congress and came up with the proposal. Him and a, another, there's a couple other guys, but he was the leader in it. And um, so that's kind of cool is he was investing in these low income areas and then thought that that would be something interesting to propose for the rest of the country to do. And then the government approved it. And now we have uh, the program that, that we are discussing today. So those are uh, through our due diligence and, and learning the last year. Those are some of the cool things that we've discovered. Thank you so much for going over that. We're going to take a break with the, and then we'll be right back with the final five. Awesome. Just came out of one of our events. And one of the coolest thing is there was hundreds of listeners, hundreds of you <laughs> were there and it was awesome. And we, we, it was so exciting. We learned so much at that event. And I remember asking you, I, I raised my hand. I said, who here flew in to be here? Flew in not just from Denver and 80% of the hands went up and that just makes me so happy just to know that we're building this, this uh, nationwide community. So it was great to have you all. And we have another event coming up on May 17th, 18th and 19th where a friend of mine and he runs a mastermind that I'm, I attend. It's an awesome mastermind, but Rod Cleef, Rockley has a boot camp on May 17th, 18th, and 19th, and it's going to be in Denver. And I can't wait to see how many people flew in to see this awesome event. And if you're thinking to yourself for a second here, I'm not sure if I can afford to take time away from my family, take time away from home, take time away from work, or, or buy this ticket, buy the plane ticket. I want to say you can't afford not to be there, okay? The networking is insane. The knowledge that you'll get is insane. Being able to take this amount of information and go forward and actually start making a ton of money within multifamily real estate is something you can't afford not to miss. So I have a promo code, which is in the show notes. So just go to the show notes, get your ticket. Flights to Denver are cheap from anywhere and you are going to get so much value by attending Rod Cleese Boot Camp on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. Okay, Terrence Doyle, what is the most creative deal you've ever done? 
I would say that I'm, I'm currently under contract on 48 units um, in Des Moines, Iowa, and I've been working on this deal with these sellers for three years. So I first, I first had it under contract in 2016, and I hope to close uh, in February of 2019. It's been, uh, you know, we, we fell out of contract in 2016, and ever since then I've been trying to get it back and everything from submitting offers, uh, you know, with my best friend's name on them, uh, to creating new companies, uh, that, uh, you know, so it's been, it's been a wild ride and I hope to get that thing closed in 2019, uh, here shortly. And that'll be a milestone, uh, purchase for me. Great. Why will it be such a milestone purchase? It's in an area I really like. Uh, most people in Des Moines think it's the ghetto. I happen to think it's close to the river. It's like a mile from downtown. I, I happen to think it's a really unique area and just this, just the feeling of perseverance of not giving up and, and uh, just, yeah, never, never taking their no for an answer. Got it. What book do you recommend? So non real estate, I was thinking about this this morning, non real estate. I recommend shoe dog by Phil Knight. It's his autobiography. It's an incredible story of kind of the same trait I just discussed, which is perseverance. Um, an interesting fact from the book is, he was basically living paycheck to paycheck up until Nike went public. And then overnight he was worth 10 billion. So most people probably don't realize that about Phil Knight. I, so I really uh, admire him. A real estate book that I'm, I'm reading right now that I really enjoy, especially uh, as it relates to multifamily uh, is uh, the book by Sam Zell. It's called, am I being too subtle? And one thing I learned in that book was, you know, he basically created the REIT structure as we know it today. And REIT, as you know, is a real estate investment trust. Uh, just an institutional form of investing. And so those are two books that I highly recommend. So I know five years, around five years ago was 2014. And that's the year that you decided mm -hmm. to become full-time real estate. So paint us more of that picture. What was going on five years ago? Yeah, I was, uh, prior to 2014, I was a full-time sports agent that was just a passive real estate investor. I, my two partners were pretty much managing all the real estate. We were doing the flips. And I was, uh, I was in tech and in, and in sports and uh, I was traveling the world and negotiating, you know, sports contracts, shoe deals, all those things. But uh, I got engaged in 2014 and my father-in-law actually kind of encouraged me to find something that would, uh, I think, uh, encourage a healthier relationship with my wife, which is not traveling as much and being in the same city and not hanging out with 21-year-old athletes. So I, I decided to move back to Denver and, and kind of branch out on my own and start doing real estate, uh, you know, uh, full time. And it was, I think, the best decision next to proposing to my wife, the best decision I've, I've probably made. Where do you see yourself five years from today? Five, year, five years from today, I'd like to be doing what I'm doing now, you know, uh, continue to buy apartment buildings. Um, my business partner is my best friend and I get to work with my brother and my dad and, and uh, you know, the people I really care about most every day. So I hope that I'm still working with them and doing the same thing and, and just adding value. Like we're talking about today, you know, finding ways to provide value through knowledge and information and through research and through experience to other people. So that's something I really, uh, that fulfills me a lot, you know, is helping other people. Nice. And speaking of fulfilling yourself by helping people, how do you give back? So, you know, my wife and I are really involved in our church. I think another, uh, a nonprofit that we're really passionate about is, um, is, is run by a group called Activate. It's uh, all stars and it basically helps kids with disabilities and their families. So 
basically we rent out a gym at a church once a month and the kids with disabilities get to come. They have a buddy, they get to play games. Uh, they get to dress up, they get to uh, get a haircut, they get makeup done, they get to sing songs, they do a karaoke. So it's a night where they get to feel like they're the, they're the star, they're the all-star and they're the center of attention and the, and the parents get a night out. They get to go on a date or get a night off. So that's something my wife and I are really passionate about. Uh, we're, you know, we try and go and, and, and be involved as much as we can. So we really, really enjoy that. That sounds cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, how do people find you? How do they get a hold of you? So our website is the Vare, V-A-R-E-C-O.com. It just stands for the Value Add Real Estate Company. Uh, they can go on there, see more deals that we've done. We'll have some podcasts. Hopefully we'll have this pod, you know, we'll have several podcasts we've done on the Opportunity Zone up there that they can hear more about. And uh, my Instagram is at Terrence Doyle. And my email address is uh, Terrence, T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E dot J dot Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E at gmail.com. T-H-E-B-A-R-E-C-O.com and then at Terrence Doyle and then Terrence.J.Doyle at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. That was, uh, that was very enlightening, insightful. I learned a ton and I, and I know the listener did too. So until next time, my friend, think outside the box. If you've been considering getting started in a multifamily, I'm in a mastermind with my friend Rod Cleef and he's coming here to Denver on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. These boot camps are great because Rod covers everything about multifamily in three full days. It's also great for experienced multifamily investors because the panel discussions Rod does has top level investors from our mastermind group. You can go to rodsbootcamp.com and use promo code Adam Adams to get 25% off.